0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend,
1: to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin
2: And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you. And it's, uh, well, hey... This is the last show before Christmas. Uh, this is the last show of fall. Well, that's indeed right. Next Saturday, it'll be winter. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that <laughs> in just a little bit. But hey, welcome to The Garden Show, my friends, here from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the uh, Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, where we're under basically cloudy skies right now. Uh, let me get the phone numbers on the air, first and foremost, for those of you joining us for the first time, got to jot these down. For Toronto area listeners, four one six three six zero zero seven forty than anywhere else in the province. It's toll-free. One eight six 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 866 six 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 seven forty four seven forty. A couple of other things to kind of keep in mind. Uh, usually a lot of folks will just kinda of wait till a little later on in the show to call. Don't do that, because we'll <laughs> we wind up getting jammed usually toward the end of the show. So call early, call often, one question per call. And the only other thing is the sound of this little bell. That could be yours if you happen to be a first-time caller, but you must let Sebastian know when you call in. Sebastian's the young man who answers the phones for the garden show. That being said, I think we're away to the races here, my gosh.
3: I know. If you, could, you sure? You got it all?
2: Well, I, th- I think that's it. Yeah, I think so.
3: You wanted to give us a little more weather report, <laughs> the, the, gr- the grayness of those skies and the scattered flurries.
2: Uh, uh, well, in some sections of the province, yeah, not around the GTA, though.
3: Well... A few little little dusting up oh, at my house that uh, didn't Richmond melt. Hill? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So there's oh, well, well, well. little dusting. Aren't so you special? We might. Just Santa have a might, white must be looking Christmas. down on
2: you. And yes, with favorable. It's reports. It's hard
3: to land that sleigh if you don't have <laughs> snow to bring it in on. You know.
2: <laughs> Use a little bit of WD forty on the lawn or something like that
3: yeah All right. Now, I don't obviously have a lot of announcements. I I can't imagine why. I think perhaps people are a little bit busy this upcoming Mm -hmm. week with uh, one thing or another, uh, whether they're shopping or wrapping or cooking or baking or trying to not be naughty uh, Mm -hmm. in an effort to have a very favorable visit from Santa. But yeah, this weather has been so interesting. I... uh, been reading up a little bit about, you know, El Nino and what's happening, what that means, and what people are experiencing, and some of the concerns, because we had some calls last week from people who were going, you know, I'm yeah, worried, you know, yeah. my Forsythia looks like it's going to start blooming, because it was so mild. So, yeah, we can talk a little bit more about that, because that, We are under an unusually strong El Nino, and that is very much affecting our Mm -hmm. weather. I mean, obviously, we haven't even had very much of a frost. So, ground is still warm, and plants are a little confused. And, you know, some of the animals I saw, you know, I had a house fly fly. (laughs) What's going on here? Where'd this come from? (laughs) I opened the window and it flew out. It's like, okay, you know. So, yeah, a little confusion on the part of animals and plants. So, we're here to help if anybody's got questions or just wants to share what's going on at their place. All uh, righty. do that
2: uh, just before the show i thought you know um i would check on uh some testimonials oh yeah or sierra sill
4: mm-hmm. uh
2: and and i found a couple of it really kind of interesting ones here is i just wanted to get this one now oh yeah from uh betty in Ajax. she says my husband has been using sierra Sol for a couple of years after uh, after it very much helped the discomfort in his fingers hmm. he recently started getting discomfort again And we realized he had not taken Sierra Silver one week due to a, quote, men-only camp week-long party oh. he had attended, <laughs> he immediately restarted the capsules and the discomfort got better within three days. That's the sort of thing yeah. that can happen. Yeah. And uh, so if you are having uh, issues... Any kind of
3: joint pain. Yeah. And often I think it does start in the hands, you know, the yep. fingers, because yep. we're often using them and we really notice when they aren't feeling good.
2: So do <clears throat> as as we do, Charlie mm-hmm. Dobbin and myself, Frank Proctor, we take three little capsules in the morning mm-hmm. and it seems to ward off those aches and pains through your, your keeps hands keeps and
3: joints and limber stuff. and keeps us yeah. kickboxing and gardening and baking and doing all the things we want to do. And uh, yeah, works for us. Mm, doesn't work for everybody, but you'll know whether it's going to work within 14 days. Full money back guarantee. That's why the
2: name, Joint 14, right? Well,
3: the phone number is 1 Joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.com.
2: S I E R R A S I
1: L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And,
2: uh, Charlie, the lines are jammed at the moment, so that is great. Let's say hi, first of all, to Colin in Fergus, Ontario. Good morning, Colin.
4: Good morning to you, sir. How are you? I am well, and you? Uh, yeah, we're looking out at snow in Fergus right now. Oh, really? It'll be down to you before long. Oh, well, there nice. you go. Nice. I'm liking that. <laughs> that's good <laughs> I'll I just put you on speakerphone if that's okay sure my wife's listening in as well
2: and, uh, and what is what is her name Colin? oh Sheila Sheila well Colin and Sheila carry on Charlie's okay, here to well your question. this
4: is the first time we've ever called so oh. uh, well okay here goes it's about an orchid we have we've had it about a year mm-hmm. and uh, of course it's a store-bought thing uh, uh, it was brought as a gift, and it had lovely little white flowers on it, and they've died, and they've never come back. Mm. Uh, the plant itself, uh, it seems relatively prolific in leaves. Uh, they're dull, green. New leaves, uh, a little shiny. There's lots of roots sticking up all over the air like a spider. It looks ugly. <laughs> and there is another little stem or coming off the side uh, with little leaves on with holes in them it's planted in bark it's watered once a week with a quarter cup of water and fertilizer and it's uh
3: we run flowers okay well you know it sounds to me colin like you, that that little stem you were talking about with the little leaves on it that yeah. may or should become a flower stem
4: Okay, yeah. the, uh, the leaves, uh, many of them, well, there's about five leaves on it and mm-hmm. two or three of them have got little brown holes in it, in
3: the leaves. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay so here's what I suggest. <clears throat> yep. Be careful of watering any plant on the calendar because plants use liquid differently at different times of year. And, and that's because as our days are shorter, as they are now, compared to say last June or July, the, the respiration, photosynthesis, all those physiological uh, activities that plants do slow down when the days are shorter. So the okay. the ability to absorb and use that water, of course, slows down as well, and it can be uh, it, it can be problematic because you can end up overwatering in the winter or underwatering in the summer because it, if we water by the calendar. So that's okay. my my one suggestion. The other is. Consider, if you can, and we've talked about this on the show as well, that it's that bucket of water with that same orchid fertilizer that you said you've been using, a little bit of fertilizer in that bucket of water, and then take the whole plant once it's you feel that it's time to water, it's been a good week or 10 days since it's had any water, and you immerse the entire plant, pot, leaves, all of it goes underwater in the bucket. Put the whole thing underwater? Yeah, okay. and you just hold it because what will happen is air bubbles will start to escape because it will be quite light when it's dry. Yeah. So, so you hold it upright and you as the water starts to percolate into, amongst the bark and into the pot uh, and in amongst all those roots, uh, the air bubbles will rise up out. And, of course, you just hold it, hold it, hold it until no more air bubbles are rising. Then hold you it. lift the pot out of the water, sit it in the sink, the kitchen sink or whatever sink to drain and then back into its regular spot 10 or whatever 15 minutes later you will find i mean all those roots you're seeing that make it look a bit spider like are completely yeah. normal so don't uh don't touch those but just that that thorough watering that you will get by immersing the plant like that will have huge impact on the happiness of the plant
4: so you, and the how often would you do that
3: well it 's hard to well it 's hard to say because it depends on the temperature of the room that the plant is in, the amount of light the the plant is receiving, uh, and the amount of you know the relative humidity of the room, all those kinds of things have impact, but get oh, used to okay. what it feel what the plant feels like when it 's wet, like feel the weight of the pot, and then yep. allow it to become quite dry so quite light before you water and just see how long that is it could be a week it could be two weeks it could be three weeks you know it's hard to say okay all right air on this
4: well and thank you
3: very much you're welcome i'm just gonna say air on the side of underwatering rather than over watering because we we kill far more plants with too much water than we do with not enough Okay. Okay.
4: Well, I'll leave thank you... you uh, thank you and, you, and Merry Christmas to you both.
2: Well, thank you very much. <clears throat> Colin and Sheila, maybe if there's enough snow gathered by the end of the day, you get out there and make a snowman. Yeah.
3: Snow folk. Snow person. Yeah, that's
2: right. Oh, 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 I forgot (coughs) I was dealing with Charlie. Yes, (coughs) snow person. You got it. Uh, We have to take a little bit of a break here, but uh, I was just going to say that Matt left the line open, but it's already filling up. Uh, So we'll be back to check in with you, our wonderful listeners, here on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin and The Garden Show.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, Charlie, uh, let's check in with someone maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. Rochelle on the line. Good morning, Rochelle. Welcome to the show.
5: Good morning, good morning. Morning. Um, I'm calling about a heather plant, Mm -hmm. that it was a mature plant, and um, I'm not sure how old it was, but probably only one year old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had it dug into the garden, and it's looking very, very uh, much alive still, although there were a couple of dead dead, uh, twigs when I got it, and it's only about... uh, what, two feet high?
3: Okay, so this is interesting. So you're calling it heather. Do you know the uh, any other name for this plant?
5: No, I don't. I'm sorry. Because when I... I th- as I say, I, I received it, uh, well, my brother called me and said that his uh, his gardener was putting heather
3: mm-hmm. out. What color were the flowers when it flowered?
5: It wasn't flowering.
3: Oh, so you never seen a flower. And it's about two feet tall, though, you say?
5: Yeah, hmm. and it's really lovely and feathery and soft,
3: mm-hmm. except
5: for the couple of twigs that are dead.
3: Uh, okay, and it's out in the garden. You went. You put it out last spring, last summer?
5: No, I put it out uh, a couple of months ago.
3: Okay, so like late summer. Into the garden now. Is it in a sunny spot or a shady spot?
5: No, it's in
3: sun, as much sun as I can muster. Okay. And it went into a good quality soil.
5: Oh,
3: yes. Okay, so it's not like under. A, I know sometimes in the urban Toronto situation, the soil can be quite lacking in nutrients um, just because of old no, trees, no, et cetera. Because
5: I don't rake the leaves.
3: Oh, good, 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 good. Very smart. Um, all right, just trying to sort of clarify what this could be things that are commonly called heather are from different genuses. There are, there's something that we even get at the grocery store now and in the next few months that's called Mexican heather, but it is not hardy. It would not survive outside. The ones that we, the heathers that are tough enough to be outside are of the Kaluna uh, genus sometimes. There's something else called bog, rosemary. There's a few of them that are, yeah, they're kind of like a needle-type plant, soft needles. They are evergreen. Many of them will flower at certain times of year. They do want fairly specific conditions in the sense that they like a low pH, so lower than neutral. Um, A good idea, if there's any pine trees or spruce trees on your property or in your neighborhood, would be to use some a layer of pine needles around the plant on the surface of the soil just to help lower the pH a bit. Uh, also acting as a bit of a mulch. You want the plant to be dormant. This is We're having a bit of a funny fall so far. Um, many plants that would normally be fast asleep right now are not. They are still percolating along because it's been so mild. And so there could be a little bit of that going on, that the plant is just not truly dormant and it's just kind of waiting. But, you know, as long long as we don't get a a sudden 40 below zero, none of that should matter. All these plants should be just fine. They're just going to slowly, as it gets colder, slowly, hopefully, eventually go completely dormant. In the spring, when the birds start to tweet and the sun is shining and things are starting to, perk, you know, grow, that's when you get out your pruners. And that's when you should trim out anything that's obviously dead. Uh, And at that point... Consider fertilizing and consider something called soil acidifier as a way again to contribute to lowering the pH of your soil.
5: Okay, okay. I think it was uh, a class act a class act plant because of where I got it. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, the apartment does uh, does really beautiful plantings.
3: Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, great. Well, so that sounds good. And, I mean, you said it's your brother's place. so I mean, ask him how it's doing it at their place as well. You know, he, he might be able to touch base with whoever he got it from, just to ask if there's anything there that we're not uh, not thinking of in terms of care. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank okay, you.
2: Rochelle. A very Merry Christmas to you and yours, and thank you for checking in with Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show. Well, Scarborough, busy spot. Uh, In fact, we've got a couple of calls coming in now. Uh, Wanda Scarborough on the line with us. Hello, uh, Wanda. Welcome to the show.
3: (laughs) Morning, Wanda. Thank you.
6: Good morning, Charlie and Frank. And because of you, I do take sierrasil, and it works for me. Hey, there There you go. go.
3: That's great. Congratulations. Welcome to the club.
6: Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I took in my rosemary plant a while back, and it was doing beautifully. I have it in a bay window facing north, Mm. and there are sort of three stems, but they started to dry out, and Mm. one has dried out, and the other two are still a little bit green. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong.
3: Probably nothing. I personally find rosemary a bit of a tough one to bring inside. Oh, you know why? That's not
2: a nice thing to say about a lady.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The plant, the plant, right? Okay, rosemary. (laughs) Oh, Franklin. Oh, Charlie. Um, uh, Rose. If you think of where rosemary naturally is, super happy. Is a place I've never been, but I've certainly seen photos, is the Mediterranean. Ah. So hot, dry, sunny, well drained. Mm-hmm. In our homes, we can cover off the hot with our furnaces and the dry with our, you know, forest air furnaces. But it's that sunny that's tough, and sometimes it's the well drained that's tough. Uh, so I think, and the transition is also tough from outside to inside. Mm-hmm. So that, I've, I, like I say, I've often found it to be a bit of a challenge. At this time of year, of course, there's those lovely little rosemary Christmas trees or trees for sale in the grocery stores. They're all pruned into yes. like a little miniature tree. And they can be a great – because they have been – they were outside for the summer, but they have been acclimatized for the indoors because they came inside way back in early Mm -hmm. September, and they've been – should be able to – move into your home with a little less shock than one directly from outside. So if you really want a rosemary, that's what I'd be inclined to do, is don't don't fight it. It's, it once they start to go down, it's like you can water, they look worse. You can not water, which is probably the best thing to do, and and trim out anything dead and just wait. It's not going to suddenly perk up and start growing green because it's shortest day of the year is still coming. But if you can keep it alive by February, you should see some no, some new growth on it.
6: Right. Well, I wondered for a while, as you say, it was looking dry, so Mm -hmm. I was watering it about every second day. Yeah,
3: I know. But that's what you don't want to do. I know. That's probably the worst thing. Exactly. It's the worst thing you can do. I know. Such a tendency. And you know what I did this year, and might turn out, you never know. Uh I left Rose... had several rosemary plants and I left one outside well mulched with leaves all around it and if we continue to have a super mild winter it I'm crossing my fingers and toes it might just survive outside we'll Mm -hmm. see we'll see I mean nor last two winters wouldn't have survived at all but uh but I'm hoping you know so far so good looking good out there now so. Well, actually,
6: I, I like to use it in the cooking, so mm-hmm. now I'm just using the dry little bits.
3: Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, and like I said, it's a good time if you wanted to pick up a fresh plant, it was, is to do it now this week. Oh,
6: all right, then. Okay. Thank, Thank you for your help, and Merry Christmas to you both. Thank, Thank you, you very you much. Too.
2: The very best to you and uh, yours. And uh, here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio at 9.30, let's say hi to Bob again in Scarborough. Hey, Bob, good morning.
7: Yeah. Good morning to you guys. Good morning. Uh, question about uh, violets, African violets. I mm-hmm. started to get into those, and uh, just the varieties that you can get at the nurseries. There's not too selective as colors. Is there someplace else? I notice they're available in yellows and that. Any growers in Ontario?
3: Okay, that's a great question. Actually, uh, is there growers of? Af- there probably is, but off the top of my head, I'm not going to remember now. Uh, but what there is, and this is what you want, is the African Violet Society. There's going to be one.
7: I tried that, but oh, did the, you? unfortunately, for the on watch, the uh, they all talk in Latin name, uh, it's kind of hard to like, get into that. They scared course, you away do, with right? all that
3: <laughs> Gisnerian stuff?
0: <laughs>
7: yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, okay. Anyway, my question of the hmm. day is uh, I've got uh, quite a few, they're just the common type, but hmm. I've. Uh, grow orchids too just for my own pleasure mm-hmm. and I use the orchid uh, fertilizer the Schultz and uh, so I have taken half the, the prescribed amount and I've started to grow put it on my uh, violets which I grow from the bottom I have them sitting in problem mm-hmm. and my gosh you know in three months uh, they've gone from about uh, four inches high they're about a foot high oh about gosh. a foot across must be 30 40 leaves and it's just a mass of flowers and they just
3: Wow! Yeah, some people continuously. S- so swear. do you think uh,
7: it's like they're on steroids? steroids. Yeah, I think I'm going to grow them out.
3: No, you can't do that. But be careful; you really don't want to. It's that. Yeah, exactly. Plants on steroids can be phenomenal, particularly if you're going to compete and take those plants into a show situation or. Host a party, and you want just the best looking plants in the world, but it can't, it, plants won 't grow out. What, they will, what will happen is that they can become very susceptible to uh, any, any shock of any kind, whether it's a, an insect that somehow gets into the house or uh, some disease of some kind or whatever. They can just too much fresh new growth is very susceptible to breakdown if something were to happen. Like a new plant came into the house with something on it. That's what I, the only thing I worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's just
7: that you know everybody grows violets, but yeah. you like to have something a little exceptional. I know, it's making great making it look uh, great. You know,
3: well, not everybody grows violets successfully. You know, that's they. There is a bit of a you know. There's a, something to it.
7: Well, you can get the artificial ones, I guess, if you just want some <laughs>
2: color. They look
3: better than the That's the Frank's ones. specialty. Frank <laughs> yeah, does that's... a really good job with fake plants. <laughs>
2: yeah, I have a plastic thumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank <laughs> you for your time. Faux plantsmen. Hey, Thank, Thank you, Bob.
3: You, <laughs> you know, uh... I'm just, you know, yeah, it's funny. Well, I that? went to the African Violet Society. Oh, this is, I'm in Coburg. Yeah, okay, so I didn't realize I jumped to Coburg. Uh, <clears throat> there is an African... There's the Toronto African Violet Society with this old information. Bottom line, uh... If you're interested, because remember you and I have gone to the Southern Ontario Orchid Society show? Yes, yep. And, you know, Bob said that they all spoke Latin and it was, wasn't much fun for him. But, you know, we found some pretty fun people at the Orchid Society. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's for sure there's always the extreme nerdy types, but then there's the more down-to-earth. English speakers, and I think you'd find the exact same thing in the African Violet Society. And I know they, they have a show, so I'm just, I'll am just i keep looking here. And even if you just go as a member of the public, you can definitely pick up specialty p- plants. That's my point. Is yeah. That's how you And some real good tips to
2: go along with that. That's too. right.
3: And also you'll maybe find, like I said, regular people. <laughs> You've
2: got it. Regular folks. Uh, that's what we are. We're regular folks. Aren't we, though? And, yes. Well, I eat the proper thing. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Uh, hello, John. Wait,
3: do you want to do the numbers?
2: Yes, I will. Uh, In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. That's in Toronto. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. But we do have John on the line from Mississauga. Good morning, John.
8: Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, uh, Frank. Good morning. First of all, the main thing, my call, is to uh, wish you and uh, both of you and your families... Thank you. A uh, very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'll thank you for uh, all the uh, good uh, information that you give us during the year.
3: And I appreciate your call. Thank you.
8: And now, my question is it's only a Tony minor question, really. Um, this is the first time, Charlie, that uh, I put uh, all the all, most of my uh, fruit trees' leaves on the garden. Okay. Is that a good idea or not?
3: Okay, most, you have mostly apples, right? Well, apples and pears, yes. Well, is that a good idea? Interesting question. Mm -hmm. The thing with fruit tree leaves is that they, as we know, the fruit is full of sugar. Uh You have to realize that the leaves and the plant in general tends to be on the sweet side. Lots of sugar running around in those fruit trees. Okay. What that means is that fruit tree leaves are more susceptible to mildews and fungal diseases than the average leaf. Uh-huh. And that would be my only reason I would hesitate uh, on, in, about keeping them on the property. You may, I mean, if you've got lots of good open, sunny locations, you're less likely to see mildews and molds growing. If the leaves were dry, they fell, you know, dry and they've, you know, they're all kind of crispy, that's fine. But if they're green or they were green and they went on moist, that I would hesitate to, uh, to have them on the garden. Or I would bury them in the garden rather than having them on the surface, just because what worries me is that all you need is a couple of spores on the surface of those leaves, particularly in this mild weather or post-winter, spring, Mm -hmm. fungal spores germinating, and then you've got all your trees sitting there, sitting ducks, literally, Mm -hmm. for any spores that could come off of last year's leaves or, you know, 2015 leaves that 's what, what concerns me i uh,
8: 'll tell you, you as soon as I have uh you know m- not today obviously or tomorrow but mm. uh, i'll i 'll take them out. because this, like I said, I read on the uh, to be honest, you know, on on a local paper and then they said that's oh, a good idea to you know, uh, actually, to shred them and put them on thing, but I'm going to get rid of them and just uh, put them in a, in a band and, and uh, leave them for next year and then pick it up.
3: Well, that's it. I mean, you can bag them now, even put them in a, like a green garbage bag and yeah, just tie yeah. up the bags, stick them, leave them outside somewhere, just put them in the corner. Next spring, they will be leaf mulch. Yeah. And then you can just don't get rid of them, dig them into the garden then, mm-hmm. uh, after they've spent the winter and, you know, half of the early spring so, in so the bag. So, in other
8: words, I can bury them. Uh, I, in, in the
3: soil? Yep, yep, you can definitely do that. And I'm a big fan of leaves, don't get me wrong. It's just mm-hmm. the fruit tree leaves I'm a little concerned about. Yeah. Particularly since you have fruit trees on the property as well.
8: Yeah, yeah because to tell you the truth, you know, like, right now, you know, and I had, you know, I, believe me, uh, Charlie, I have 16 boxes of apples in my garage, which I use. I use around 40 a week. At
3: minimum. That's great.
8: And But anyhow, so if there are some rotten ones, so I, what do I do? Um, same thing. Dig a trench and then just put, Absolutely. Put, them, put them in there.
3: And if the if the ground gets frozen and you can't dig, just uh-huh. use plastic bags, leave them outside in the plastic. They'll freeze, they'll thaw, uh-huh. they'll freeze, they'll thaw. They'll be mush in the spring, but they're perfect mush to dig into the garden. There
8: you go. Okay. Thank you again <laughs> and all the best. Thank, Thank you, you. very much, John. Merry Christmas Merry to you and yours too. Thank you.
3: Happy New Year. Wait, before you go anywhere, I know yeah, I can yeah. see you're always rushing me along here. Uh, okay. Well, you found something. Uh, well, case. this is the Toronto African... Uh, Violet Society. So it, of course there's a big welcome. Please join us at one of our upcoming meetings. All meetings take place at the Toronto Botanical Gardens that begin at 2 p.m. So the next meeting is Sunday, January the 10th. Now Bob said he wasn't really keen. It seemed like uh, they were all too little too extreme for him. But I'm, I'm just, I know they've got a show somewhere. Oh, there you go. Two 2015 show. Oh, but we need 2016. Let's see. Uh, show schedule, show schedule, show info. Um, just want to see when they had the show this year because I uh, just, you know, they'll, it'll be the same time mm-hmm. yeah. in 2016. But bottom line, oh, there it is. I'm trying to figure out how to work this computer. Uh, Frank and I were looking at some really sweet video. Of oh, my gosh. Five little white lion cubs. Four, a little... Yeah. Is it four or five? Four. You sure? Okay, four. I'm pretty sure. It uh, seemed like a lot to me. Out the zoo. Out the, yes. Metro, Toronto, Metro Toronto Zoo, as of today, has opened the exhibit so the public can meet the little baby. They're all boys. They are a- cutest little guys. Little white oh, lion cubs. Oh my gosh. So cute. Yeah. Uh, so last year it was March the 29th, the annual African Violet Show in Toronto at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East in, as I said, Toronto. So generally
2: late. that time of year.
3: Well, it's will, on a Sunday. Yeah. So the last Sunday in March, I think you'd be safe to say, mark your calendars. Yep. That will be the 2016 African Violet Show. Great opportunity to get some some cool... African violets and also talk to keen people.
2: Excellent. Mary and Brampton, Florence and Mississauga, they're all on the line, and we'll be back to chat with them in just a couple of moments here on Zuma Radio.
3: Daffodils and daisies,
7: bluebells and begonias, for Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia,
5: lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks,
9: tulips, and sweet williams.
1: You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And Charlie, I was just having a little silent chuckle of myself. and gazing into the control room. Sebastian didn't know I was watching him. And that little jingle, little holly Hulks and tweedims, he's singing along with it. Oh, he knew all the words. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. We got a big smile. With him. That's Poor
3: good. Sebastian's got to listen to that all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Mary uh, in Brampton on the line right now. Good morning, Mary.
3: Well, good morning. Health and happiness
9: to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. you too. Uh, I've got a very strange amaryllis. It's my third season. Last year, I had... Beautiful, four, four-way stop sign of an amaryllis. <laughs> nice. And it just, it just set out leaves and leaves didn't die. Okay, that's why. I had to put it in the garage because I got tired of seeing it grow and grow. <laughs> Planted it now, and again, leaves and leaves. Uh, okay. Oh, stalk. What, what should I do? What's going on? Well,
3: how long? When did you put it in the garage?
9: Uh, at least two months ago.
3: Okay, so like in maybe late August or something. Yeah, September. long enough
9: for it to, you know, have the time to be
3: dormant. Right. So it was in the garage, no water, dark, all the leaves turned yellow.
9: Oh, they, they, they were not ready to give up the ghost. It took a while for them to
3: get yellow. Yeah, that's the challenge. I mean, keep in mind, see, there's two ways you can raise amaryllis. One is... Just let it be a plant. Let it grow. It doesn't have to be dormant. It is originally from South Africa. It never had to have a dormant period. It it might have been imposed due to drought, and it would survive because of the bulb. But it it can just grow as a green plant, and in between, every now and then, it'll pop out a flower.
9: Every now and then. Right. The bulb got bigger. Great. No, but
3: that's good. That's what those green leaves are all about, right? The leaves allow the plant to grow the bulb because... and I know what the bulb doesn't know. <laughs> no, but it's great that that works. Now, but you're right, it does become a very big plant with an awful lot of green leaves, so sometimes it's a bit taking over the house. So that's when we just say, enough already. And you're right, garage, basement, just put it away. It may take a month for the leaves to turn yellow, and then, again, it's another, preferably, uh, many more weeks of dormant. Right. One of the tips I've learned is that you leave it and leave it dormant until you start to see growth. So you'd start checking it after about 10 weeks and check every week, with a, go down with a flashlight, whatever. You want to see it. It'll be a flower bud that you want to see come first. Yeah, like a stork. Exactly. And as soon as you see that in that dormant location, whether it's your garage or your basement or somewhere that's dark and, you know, uh, cool, preferably. Yeah that's when we bring it into the light and that's when we start to water it and we get a flower right away.
9: Okay, what do I do now because
3: I don't no, think it's No, you're not going to get you're unlikely to get flowers this season. However, now that the green leaves have started, I would go with it. Flow, water, sunshine, lots of green leaves, let it do its thing right through the spring and summer, mm. and then, it, again, by middle of August, stick mm. it in the, in the garage or basement, and then just ignore it. Just okay, leave that- it alone. Is it necessary to feed it, and when? We would feed it when it's actively growing. So, yes, next spring slash summer, it's appropriate to feed, and, again, that's going to help with that bulb fattening, which will mean bigger and better flowers. But
9: only when it's
3: actively grow,
9: growing
3: or when i see the stalk well when you see the, that flower stalk coming it's just starting to grow so no wait till you're in active growth wait till the we get past the this winter solstice wait till at least february before you do any fertilizing Okay, wish me luck and ha- again ha- happy New Year's and Merry Thank you, thank, thank you and you so much, Good Mary. luck with that. Amaryllis can be yep. frustrating, but some people have great success. Yeah, oh. I mean it's the third season. Yeah, well, wow, good you for you. You had two good ones. So <laughs> last year, like I said, I had four four that look
9: yeah. like they stopped fine.
3: There you go. We did something very right last year.
9: It took a long time also last year to
3: flower. Yeah, so that I mean, so don't get certainly don't force it to go dormant. Just let it let it be water and sunshine.
9: In the summer, I'll put it outside. Yeah good idea okay. okay
3: thanks
2: a lot guys thanks, okay Mary. have a good one and uh keep it right where it is here at am 740 zoomer radio just uh just before we get to our next caller maybe we have uh, one more little chat we want to do for sierra Sill oh, yes. here mm-hmm. and uh, it was nice to hear i believe it was wanda uh who had mentioned that yes because of hearing the our uh, uh, touting <laughs> the value and benefits mm-hmm. of uh, Sierra. She too now takes a bit. You know, the the company has uh, well clients, if you will, from all over the place. I'm just reading a. Uh, a little testimony here from Dr. Charles Sizemore in Plano, Texas. Mm. He says, I've used Sierra Cell joint formula 14 for several years now, and I'm very pleased with the results. For me, it's helped greatly on joint discomfort in the knees, so I highly recommend it as an addition to a person's supplement region. Why I mention that, Charlie, mm-hmm. is because a couple of weeks ago, you had mentioned on the website for Sierra Cell, you can go and find yep. a particular uh, retailer, retailer near you right very and, simple you know it, so go ahead and do that yeah it doesn't
3: matter where you are chances are there is a retailer near you and that's exactly it so it's very simple sierrasill.com right on that home page left side find a retailer near you, stick in your country, stick in your province, and stick in your city, and something will come up. A- almost all the good health food stores, of course, carry SierraCell, as does Rexall Drugs, and uh, and it's yes, yeah, quite available, and if it's not near you, you can phone or email, and it'll be at your door very quickly. They're uh, wonderful
2: to deal with they out of are, Vancouver. Yeah.
3: Yep. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a couple of days to, get, to have it mailed. The SierraCell is three little capsules daily that you and I take. It's a, it's a completely natural mineral supplement. So it's it's like dust from from the mountains, the Sierra Mountains. So you can call for more information 1877-joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.com. S I E
2: R R A S I L.
3: Don't change the radio station.
1: Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, uh, Charlie, you and I are going to take a little trip to Mississauga right now and say good Mm. morning to Florence. Hey, Florence, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Um, My question is about our garlic. Uh, Mm -hmm. We planted it in Mm mid-November, and with this wonderful... Fall weather we've had. Um, they're now about three to four inches high. Mm. They've sprouted, mm. and uh, I
3: was wondering, do we replant? I no. If
6: one's finished. <laughs>
3: uh, no. When? How? Do you have any idea how deep you planted them? Um, I would say maybe about three inches down. Okay, so mid-November. So they've been in the ground like a month. Yes. Hmm, interesting. What I would do, uh. I know, we don't really know how this winter's gonna unfold, but let's assume that eventually it's gonna get cold enough and some snow's gonna fall and we really will have a winter. Right. Is there any possibility that you could use some dry leaves around the garlic or could you get access to some straw, like a straw bale kind of straw, to put around the garlic? And I'm only thinking about trying to do a little bit of tempering of what's coming in terms of cold weather. Those little green sprouts are likely to get frosted off anyway, but if they were Good, fat, juicy garlic that went into the ground, they they should grow back, uh, you know, re-sprout next spring. If you're concerned that, well, this is too weird, this shouldn't have happened, it shouldn't be above ground, um, I mean, you could, because the ground still hasn't frozen, you could replant in between where those are, but I'd be inclined to go a little deeper. I'd be inclined to go down maybe four inches, five inches, something like that. Okay. A little deeper will slow down that process of popping through. So I'm kind of surprised that in one short month that they've, they've done that. They were so ready to go. That they've grown right up like that. Uh, but, yeah, if you can do any kind of protection, not, not like a don't put jars over top of them or plastic bags or anything like that, but no. just anything that could provide a little bit of air, that air to insulate, help keep those plants just from extreme colds and extreme heat. Okay. Okay.
6: Okay, sounds
3: great. All right, good luck with that. Let us know how that works out. Okay, and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much,
2: Florence. Bye-bye. Indeed. Okay. Have a wonderful mm-hmm. day, and keep it tuned right here to AM seven forty Zoomer Radio, as we zoom around the boy. We've been actually. You know, you it's you a mentioned... lot of
3: Toronto calls or uh, GTA. Toronto, Scarborough. Yeah, yeah Mississauga. So uh, our hey, first caller, callers Colin caller yeah. and Sheila, called from Fergus. They were our furthest away calls. That's everybody right. else has been kinda within spitting distance of the of the studio. Exactly. We could have everybody in here. Just that's have, an idea. Have a big garden party at the studio.
10: I don't know. Better check with Moses.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll one. have yeah, to ask so. about <laughs> that. Ron, it's Carbro. Good morning, and welcome to the show.
10: Yes, good morning. Uh, um, it's it's uh, kind of unusual. Like the previous caller talked yeah. about garlic, mm-hmm. and um, actually, I planted um, <clears throat> in a four by eight bed mm-hmm. uh, uh, garlic about seven inches apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, like the soil is very nice, soft, subtle, and um, <clears throat> I noticed some holes. Oh, uh, well, they were about six inches down, and it looked like they were excavated without too much soil. Like It's almost like something, uh, mm-hmm. like an auger bit took it out and mm-hmm. put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think it's squirrels, because they don't dig very deep. And I was just kind of, and this has happened again hmm. uh, in the last few days with hmm. this warm weather. Yeah. Of course, like when I plant garlic, I've done it for several years, yeah. and it's always, you know, like... Been frozen.
3: Yeah, this time and, of
10: year it should uh, be. <laughs> yeah, so I was just wondering what it might hmm. be and what I could, um, well, how I could maybe remedy the uh, situ- situation. Well,
3: particularly going after garlic. Like, what crazy animal out there is going <laughs> to sniff out garlic and then tunnel well, down so the to, thing to, is to get it?
10: That they don't s- seem to be going after the garlic. Okay, like they're right. seven inches apart, right? And they they haven't really <clears throat> um, disrupted the garlic. Okay. Huh. And, uh, as far as the, like, they're, they're not, the shoots aren't coming up. Everything yeah. is fine. I, okay. I i i put them about four or five inches down. Yeah. So there's about like from the top of the uh, clove, it's about, you know, about yeah. three inches, but they're fine as far as they haven't been, you know, uh, sprouting.
3: Yeah. Well, so the question is who is tunneling or, or doing that auger yeah. bit work and why? Normally, like we think about raccoons or skunks or even moles, who who smell and go after uh, insects. Um, uh, even starlings will do this, and they're actually very good at pecking quite you know down quite deep, particularly if it's a soft soil, yeah,
10: to, to go down
3: like six inches deep. Yeah, and two about
10: two and a half inches across.
3: Wow. Mm. And what would be in there that's so edible? Like, you know, grub. uh,
10: That's what I can't figure out. And I, you know, I I probe down in the hole, and there's nothing there. It's, uh, I guess, it's whatever it is. Is shot down, and I, I don't think it's a neighbor that's pulling a prank No. <laughs> no,
3: no I, well, I'm, you know, I. But I sometimes find like squirrels, even chipmunks. Um, moles? What about moles? Well, moles tend to go from underneath. Like they tunnel, they do tunnels below rather than from the top. But groundhogs will go from top down, but they'll make a really big hole yeah, eventually. Yeah. But I, I just, sometimes I find squirrels <clears throat> get very distracted. So they're all excited and they're digging a hole either because they think there's something there or they're going to, pl- you know, bury something there and then they get distracted and then they turn around and they forget what they're doing and then they move on and start again and they leave strange holes behind it's like why did you even do that but you're right they kick out the soil usually um,
10: peat moss and some yeah. other yeah, just, uh, soil yep, with your and hand. Um, a little like and the, the the funny part about it like they, they don't they, they didn't hit on the garlic yeah. it didn't seem like they
3: I wouldn't think the they would want the to yeah I don't yeah, think they yeah, would like that. that that would be attractive I would think it would be the opposite <laughs> so yes, yeah. I'm wondering if they're just saying oh this is such nice soil to dig in and they're going oh I like digging here mm, I'm going to have to <laughs> oh, remember <yeah>. this
10: <laughs> to bury their food for exactly
3: right, yeah. for later to bring back you know some of the storage so mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm thinking you know for the future if you can get a hold of rose canes, you know, from cuttings from rose bushes, lay them on the surface, that always slows that's down. So. Oh, okay, because and actually I'm not creatures. on another
10: topic. I have a rose in front that I'm going to, like, trim all down because it's... In the spring. Still, actually, There's one or two roses on it. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, that, well, a great idea. Yeah. But,
3: well, so just, and so that would be one of those things in the fall, don't prune too hard on your rose, but if you can get, you know, canes that are a couple feet long and just lay them, scatter them on the surface, that's slows down the digging crew and then come spring you can really cut that rose down much much yeah. shorter
10: okay and okay. this is very unusual because of the warm weather like normally yeah. I've,
3: I've never had that problem but no it's funny all right well anyway keep, keep your eyes <laughs> peeled you let us know if you see who's doing it
10: <laughs> <laughs> yes i'll stay up all night with a, <laughs> some kind of light <laughs> exactly get
3: okay. that camera
10: okay. all the best to you in um, thank
2: the you. season thank you, you very much ron all the very best and I don't, we've got a few uh, moments uh, for a
3: Okay, do you think, well, see okay. if Julie can ask a really okay. quick question. Julie, we don't have much
2: time. Uh, in Scarborough, we got just a, about a minute and a half here. Away you go.
3: Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Yes, good yep. morning. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking
6: my call. It's regarding my Hoya plant. Uh-huh. I brought it in from the summer, mm-hmm. and I've never had any flowers blooming on it through the summer. Mm-hmm. But now that it's in the house, it looks like a couple of vines, and one vine, it looked dead. It was quite long. Oh, I would say about three feet long. Yeah. No leaves. Yeah. So what I did, I cut back to where I saw green. I hope I did the right thing. Nope. But, but the other vine is doing well. There's lots of leaves.
3: Okay, so you know what? Just keep it in full sun, water very rarely, like once a month, and don't do any cutting on it. Let it be because when it's, gonna, when it's going to flower, it's going to send a big long stem with no leaves, and all of a sudden there'll be a flower on the end of it. So no trimming at all until you're ready to go back outside next spring. All right. Thanks, Julie. Okay. Merry Christmas. Well, wow. And that's you, joyous. Frank boom right along it it, sure did oh my goodness i'm so surprised people are on listening to the radio and not out shopping so (laughs) that's so nice that we had so many callers so yes big happy holidays to everybody eat lots of good food be careful. Don't drink and drive. There's cops everywhere. Oh, boy, you've got and it. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, designated drivers. And, uh, of course, you have a lovely show coming up later today. Yes,
2: from 2 to 3.30.
3: And so that's great. We'll go have some brekkie right now and catch up with each Sounds other. Sounds like a
2: good idea. And a
3: big Merry Christmas hugs to everybody. I hope you are all been really nice. and Sebastian
0: santa included in that. Santa yep. will look after you. All right. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.